Now tuning into Phantom Rant Radio. All right, John Wick versus Jason Bourne. I think that's probably the most appropriate matchup, considering that they're probably the most best at their field. Yeah. Even though that I think I still think Wick would win in the end, just based on Gung Fu alone. All right, John Wick versus Leon the Professional. I think I still have to go with Wick. I think I don't know. That's really hard. That one actually is kind of hard. All right, I think- John Wick. Verse, uh, the guy who fought Finn in Force Awakens. Traitor! Oh, the, f- no. Yeah, who wins? Oh, uh, no, definitely the traitor guy. Okay. I forgot his serial number. Uh, John Wick versus Stitch. Ah, oh, well, John Wick, of course. Wait, actually, here's... What about Lilo? We don't oh. know everything about Lilo. Oh, no, Lilo's, Lilo, the, the lore of Lilo is actually, it goes on further than you think. Disney yeah. really has a deep foundation yeah. on that. Like, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride is actually a very violent metaphor. Oh, no, it's actually, it, it, it foreshadows the uh, the tragedy that happens later in the film. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey guys, welcome to Phantom Man Radio. It is just me, the Iceman, and fellow Lone Gunman. Me, uh, Clint, aka Dyslexic Man. We're actually right here in an, uh... Lone we're, Gunman. Yeah, we're in the uh, Lone Gunman headquarters. There's uh, we got tons of things over here. We got um, we got Steve. We got Steve. We got the Ghostbusters tube sticker. Steve, Steve's the intern here, and then we got uh, uh, our really hot uh, secretary Barbara. We have a whole armory on that side. The whole armory, a bunch of weapons, maps leading up to a oh, certain yeah, point. Yeah. We all have pins everywhere with yeah. such with string. The Justice League looks like low budget compared to us. Oh no, we're completely oh, like yeah. who needs the watchtower? Like we're like the target to their Dollar Tree. Oh yeah, no, we're uh, we're like um, the third Avengers, Avengers base. Oh yeah, to Avengers facility. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> that's like our closet. It anyway, is. Uh, we are here to discuss. John Wick. Yeah, John the Baba Yaga. Not just one. Not just two. But also chapter three. All three of them are going All to be going three films, them. which we find out, spoiler alert, <laughs> is not a trilogy anymore. It's not officially an ending trilogy. Nope. There nope. will be a fourth film, which is kind of spoiling in our news, but I could take this out later. It's, it's, uh, yeah, now you take it out later. Yeah. No, he's not! It's only going to be me and Devin this episode. Uh, Jack is doing Jack stuff, and Ryan is currently in Jack's Thailand. Jack's doing, you know, his, his adult stuff, and, yeah, he's married. He's and he's, married. He's got that stable job, and Ryan's in Thailand with Rambo, and <laughs> the like- other missionaries trying to escape, so... He's protecting them from the very heavy, big drug cartel that they have over there. Yeah, the the, the militia. <clears throat> yeah, so we don't really actually know if Ryan's going to make it back or not, but, you know, thoughts hey. and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. All right, so to move on with this episode, I'm going to give you guys a little, 
little outline of what's going to happen. We are going to obviously do our top five news, and then our episode layout for this John Wick episode. Uh, we're going to go over all three movies in less than ten minutes. Uh, then we're going to name uh, our one squabble for the John Wick franchise. Then our favorite kill of the franchise. Then we're going to have a rancher question, which I will not reveal at this time. And then we're going to talk about some fun facts about the Bubba Yaga. And then what we expect for Chapter 4. So, starting off with our classic segment, Top 5 News. Clint. Oh, you want, okay. Uh, uh, actually, no, actually, I'll start this one off. Actually, no, this is more of your field. You can do the... You, I'll do the you, first you, two. You do number five and four. Okay, so, uh, first, number five, uh, James Wan is going to be the director of the new Mortal Kombat movies. Yes, they are making more. Fatality. I was surprised, too, when I heard it. After Annihilation in the 90s, man, was I surprised. Video game movies. Um... This, uh, actually, the first Mortal Kombat has probably one, well, besides besides now being passed up by Detective Pikachu, has probably the best reputation for being the best video game movie of all time. It also has a huge cult following, too. Yeah, also an amazing dance soundtrack. But that, <laughs> but, uh, doesn't, that, that says a lot, that it, the first Mortal Kombat being probably one of the best video game movies. But, um, you know James Wan, he'll literally direct anything. Oh, yeah. So he has been given the opportunity to direct the direct the new Mortal Kombat movies. This is going to be a reboot, complete reboot. I know. I wanted that sequel to Annihilation two, but we're not getting it. <laughs> I uh, mean, like, let's look at it this way. I mean, it could only be an upside if he really makes a movie that's worse than the original. And the original's not even that bad. But like, if he makes a movie that's like worse than the original, and the original not being that good. James Wan, man. James Wan, and he does actually, James Wan, I know James Wan will literally direct anything, but anything, he has, what, two movies that hit the over, that over, went over the oh, billion yeah, dollar he, budget? Well, he, he has Aquaman and Furious 7. Which hit, uh, which hit over, um, a billion, uh, global, global block, box office. Two completely different movies. Nope. And honestly, I would say that James Wan is a good fit for the Mortal, Mortal Kombat franchise. I think he really, not just like with the Conjuring universe, I just feel like he could really do a lot of fan service in that way. Because I feel like even the Mortal Kombat original movie was fan service. Well, no, it was fan service. And I actually, from seeing, after seeing Aquaman and actually Furious 7, I think James Wan actually has a touch yeah. for action. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, since he's extremely well known for horror movies, obviously the Conjuring universe and uh, Saw, but he has he has actually a really good hand in action. He knows what he's doing in action. Even yeah. if the story's not yeah. as good, he knows what he's doing with action. And, uh, well, let's move on to number four. And this is actually goes beyond our regular entertainment news, where we just mostly talk about movies and other stuff. But we're always trying to expand with us being known as Fandom Rant. Yeah. And uh, for this one, we're actually going into gaming, because uh, Sony and Xbox made a uh, very, very historic day. Sony and Xbox are uh, shaking hands to the future. And uh, working together on a certain project. Well, not a certain project. Let me uh, let me let me, let me explain. That's that's like you know DC and Marvel almost shaking hands and I, saying, you know what, let's finally collaborate, hold hands. We are the 
But the only reason it's not it's not out of you know the pure joy for the fans. It never is. The only reason why Sony is shaking hands with Xbox is because Sony wants in on the cloud information that Microsoft has. If you don't know what cloud is, somehow it is basically a uh, saved um, saved data. You don't have no hard copies. Basically digital. Buy everything digital. Uh, you have it on your iPhones, Mac. Everyone oh, has yeah. it. Everyone has cloud. And uh, Sony apparently does not have very good cloud. And Microsoft has one of the best clouds, obviously, and wants to get in on that information because Sony is eventually going to go digital. No hard disks, no video games, any of that sort. So if you like hard copies of video games, probably in the next few years, <laughs> you're probably going to say bye. Yeah. That says goodbye to GameStop too, which this means a lot. Oh. But Microsoft made a deal with Sony in this that if they help them with their cloud information, that means probably chances for cross-platforming and no more Sony exclusives. Oh. I don't really care. No, if I... everyone gets them, that's fine. No, that's actually, I think it's a really big Being plus. Being uh, a main Xbox player myself, I personally enjoy that, even though I own a PlayStation now, but. And me, just as a solo Xbox player, I am very happy about this because I've always loved PS4 exclusives. Spider-Man, I, Devin let me borrow his PS4 once. I love the hell out of that game. Wish I could own it myself, but I don't want to buy a whole console. Yeah. And there's other PS4 exclusives that I want, but this hearing this is actually very enjoyable because I, I, I'll buy the content, just not the console. I am kind of sad that, you know, eventually... They're going to get rid of discs altogether. That is kind of sad, because I'm, I'm a guy who loves getting the hard disk. I like having a physical copy of something along with that digital. Oh, yeah, but, no. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Well, do you think, is this the stepping stone for maybe one day having a combined console? I actually think this is a really big step for having a combined console. X-Sony. I mean, that <laughs> that'd be insane. Uh, Xbox already has uh, cross-platforming with Nintendo Switch, so putting Sony Sony on there too that's actually uh, that's actually really cool. It's a next big step in the gaming future. Yeah, suck at PC. And then GameStop is gonna join the Ash Heap along with Toys R Us, Sears, Blockbuster. Oh all no! Those, all those colossal giants that thought we'll never go out of business. Oh no! GameStop's definitely going out out of business as soon as they go digital. Oh yeah! I actually, me myself, would, yeah. I already, I already buy all my games digital. Last game that I bought digital was Borderlands Two. You mean disc? Yeah, well, not that. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant disc. The last game that I bought was Borderlands Two, uh, the Handsome Collection, and that's only because it was like twenty bucks at GameStop and it was like sixty on Xbox Live Store. So that's the only reason to save money. All right, sweet. So uh, number three. Uh, Ryan's going to be very happy about this one. Uh, the Snyder Cut is officially confirmed. There's, it's not just a myth anymore. It's not just a legend among those DCEU fans. There's very few. But yeah, there actually is a Snyder Cut officially confirmed. But we don't have a release date. We don't really have that much information except for that they officially confirmed it. I don't know how they're going to release it, if they're going to release it on whole separate platform i don't really know i don't know the um also the information that we have leaked is because a photo was leaked of uh i'm pretty sure it was batman cyborg i'm not 100 percent sure on that but um the photo was released but it's still it's not confirmed if Zack snyder is going to release the cut which i don't think he is or not even though it'd probably make a bunch of money 
but uh, there's a lot of the huge craze over them wanting Snyder release the Snyder cut. I think he himself said it wasn't even his wasn't even finished because he left during halfway through the movie, didn't he? Yeah, honestly, let's be honest here. Snyder cut is it really going to make a difference to Justice League? I I thought I you know I I actually kind of hope it does because Justice League was such a bad movie that I hopefully I, I actually kind of look hopeful to it, but uh, I don't really think it's going to yeah, if anything it probably would move up what 2% on the <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes board. Yeah, I'd probably move up. I mean, it's kind of like uh, the Batman vs. Superman extended edition is definitely better than the theatrical cut of that film, but it doesn't make it that it big of a difference where it changes everyone's... The only the only difference you get in the BVS is that Lois Lane kind of gets more of a story. Yeah. It's a lot more fluid, a lot, but not as fluid as you think. Yeah, but it's still it's it's still better, but it's also what three and a half hours. I don't think it was three hours. I think it was clocked in almost around three hours. At least I remember. I do like the ultimate edition though. Oh, I no, think I... it may it definitely redeems a lot from that movie. But Justice League, uh, it's, it's not gonna it's, really hard it's to not gonna back. make it. Yeah, it's really hard to come back from that. So yeah, Snyder Cut confirmed. So moving on to number two. You want to say this one? Oh, I thought. Oh, I'll say it. Same from the beginning of the show. John Wick Chapter Four is officially set to release in 2021, which in is May too. Kind of a spoiler in some context because we all thought that Chapter Three was ending it all and there was going to be no more John Wick. Which actually, the directors did say that there was going to be no more John Wick after three. But people keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. Uh, obviously, that was proven wrong. I mean, let's be honest. The guy has become such an action icon. Why would you stop now? Yeah, there's no reason. I actually think that this is the only time where I've actually been excited about a oh, fourth yeah. movie. Uh, I'll get into later, obviously later in the episode, why I'm excited that there's there's going to be a fourth film. But I think, um, but I think that's really good. I think it's really cool. He's obviously probably one of the biggest action stars of our generation. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, at number one, Avengers Endgame has finally surpassed Avatar in the box office domestically. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of disappointing, but it, at least Endgame has surpassed Avatar in some way in domestically in the in the United States and is the second highest domestically uh, right behind Star Wars The Force Awakens. So I think it's still number two world war- worldwide, but Avatar's beating it by I think one million, about a million, right? Uh, no, about a hundred million. Oh, a hundred million. Which oh, wait, no, in like in that. in terms of money, in the way the Endgame's going, it's still it's still gonna win. I still have my money on Avatar, though I am kind of shaking right now. But um, yeah, I think Clint really thinks Avatar is still gonna have it. It's, it's not because I like the movie. I do like the movie. I just think that, come on, man! Everyone's tried to pass up that movie, and everyone's failed. Force Awakens failed. But if one movie can do it, it's this movie. It should be Endgame. I'm just saying, James Cameron's still gonna hold that title. No, I'm sick of him wearing that throne, wearing that crown. I said throne. I'm sick of James Cameron always wearing that crown so sick of it i think he's still gonna wear it no matter what but this also makes uh endgame what the top three marvel there's three marvel movies in the top 10 globally box office 
but no good for Endgame for passing up Avatar domestically. Now, here's the question. Do you think it'll pass up Force Awakens domestically? So, currently, domestically, um, Endgame is at 774.5 million, and Force Awakens is at 936.7 million. So... I don't know. I don't think it's gonna... it's still it's still kind of like almost a little under two hundred million off. I don't know. Endgame is still still going strong. It still has technically hasn't really been a full month yet. It has been nowhere near a full month yet. It's no, still got about like two weeks till we hit the one month mark. And it of was Endgame's release. It was uh it was going strong for number one movie of the week. Uh, for uh, number one in the box office for a long time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if John Wick beat it or not. John Wick officially surpassed. Oh, it did in, in the weekend box okay. box office. Well, so in makes... this past weekend, yeah, John Wick surpassed it. But that was that kind of sense. expected because Endgame already had it for like several weeks. Yeah, straight, which is very difficult to do anyway. And John Wick was already yeah, but Endgame was still num- uh, number two. Oh yeah. So, this weekend, it might be a little bit differently, since you got Aladdin now. Watch out! And then you still have John Wick, and what else comes with this? Brightburn come out this weekend? Brightburn, but the big boy himself, uh, Godzilla, comes out next week, and so I think that's going to be the real... Um box office test because that's obviously going to be the that's going to be the start off for the big summer blockbusters this yeah. year obviously Godzilla. now do you think aladdin is gonna no i don't think aladdin's going to uh at least pass up john wick uh i don't know about endgame because but i mean no i mean like for opening weekend do you think it's going to be godzilla i think it is what, as much as i aladdin? hate to say that yeah i don't think aladdin's going to be godzilla there's no way that'd be no no no, more, no, no no i think there's more aladdin that'd sadly be, no I, Listen to me. I, I'll, no, 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 no. I've heard a lot more people say they want to go see a lot. No, I don't. That's not one of. I'm not one of those people. No, no, no I know saying, what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't. I, I don't see because people have trashed on this movie. Obviously, a lot of people are going to go see Aladdin, but um, opening weekend. No, I think Godzilla. I think Godzilla is going to be the Aladdin opening weekend easily. Hold you to that, Clint. Hopefully, I'm right. All right, we got. We are now officially wrapped up with top five news. That was a long top was, five news segment. That was a little bit long, but but it's it's all good. We want to get the news out there. We like to be informative. We like to be informative. So now on to John Wick. So we're gonna start this off going over. All three chapters of the John Wick saga. And one day maybe we'll get to four. But for now, we stick to the first three. So we're going to quickly go through this at under 10 minute mark. I'm even going to time us to see how fast we can go over the movies in less than 10 minutes. And try to be as detailed as possible. So Clint, you want to go over chapter one real quick? Yes, uh, obviously. Starting now. And here we go. Obviously, chapter one starts with John Wick and uh, seeing that his wife's dying from an unknown terminal illness. Uh, thus, the next day, John Wick gets a mysterious kennel package. 
opens it up. It's actually a gift for John so that he'll never be alone and has a companion. Uh, it follows the next few days. John's at a gas station. Random Russian guys who are actually mobsters. You know you're random Russian guys. They go up to him and say, we want the car. And then John's like, no, it's not for sale. And then they tailed, they follow John back to his house. Uh, rob him in the middle of the night. Beat him up. Kill his dog. Then steal his car. Also while trashing his house. Uh, this also triggers the wick. Oh, yeah. And we have one of my favorite scenes in, I think, the whole entire franchise is John getting the sledgehammer and beating the shit out of the concrete so he can get his weapons. And at the same time, his Russian dad is saying, that car, that dog you killed, is John Wick. And which the kid didn't understand that John Wick is basically the boogeyman of the Hitman world. Come to life, yeah. We called him Baba Yaga. He's yeah. the, he was like the only one who didn't know who he was. Everyone seemed to get it, even like the uh, the mayhem guy for Allstate. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> the mayhem guy always knows who John Wick is. So get Allstate. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem like me. And uh, this also follows up with John getting his gear out. Follows up with a pretty cool, like it, it sets up the. I think this this scene, the house shooting scene, where all the Russian guys go in to try to finish off. Obviously, try to finish off John Wick, and John Wick just wipes the floor with them. Oh yeah, it's, so it's a really good stage for the action of the movie. Oh yeah, that that first scene when the the invasion of the house, see that that just shows like how good how good he is, and it it, it even shows that he really didn't strike first. Oh no, he the didn't Russian strike. guy strike first because like you know you might as well just try to take him out while you still can. Yeah, but uh, they were unsuccessful, and the movie just basically follows John Wick. Uh, trying to tail this Russian guy while uh, trying to get revenge for his wife. It uh, it follows up on some really great action scenes. Uh, it also sets up on the lore with the um, with the hotel, the Continental. Yeah, it's, it's basically a hotel like Trivago for assassins. Yeah, <laughs> hotel Trivago. Trivago for assassins. Yeah, Holiday Inn Express, but instead of just getting your key card and. Uh... A continental breakfast, you get the continental six hour, uh, AR fifteen weapons, few uh, grenades here and there, like in the in the goodie basket. In the goodie basket, it's yeah. a good place for assassins to uh, load up on weapons, uh, ammo, and other resources for the next kill. What do you need? Guns, lots of guns. Uh, this also follows a girl who. Uh, who's also trying to kill John Wick at the same time, but she's not following the rules of the Continental. Hey, John! But it basically, uh, it follows up with uh, John uh, killing said son, and then also going after the big Russian mobster guy at the end of the movie. Uh, Obviously, this follows up with the uh, really great car scene in the end of the movie, where uh, John hits uh, uh, the mayhem guy. Oh, yeah, the Mayhem guy? Yeah, the Mayhem guy. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments of the franchise. Although it was sad to see one of the most in-depth characters, the Mayhem guy. Oh, no, the Mayhem guy was amazing in that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, also, I don't mean to backtrack a bit. Also, this has probably one of the better fight scenes throughout the whole entire franchise is when uh, John Wick is uh, trapped and strapped to the chair 
and he has to he has to fight basically the the Russian version of him. Oh yeah, the only guy who's like kind of like giving him a fight so far. Yeah, because there always has to be that guy in each film, which yeah. there is each guy in each John Wick oh, film. Oh yeah, that and gives it gets it gets like anticipatedly like more dangerous for John every every film. But that particular fight was really great. Also, the let's not forget the great club scene in that movie. Oh, I think that's one of my favorite action sequences of all time. I mean, there's all, there's so many, obviously, John Wick is known for its, its action, but it's, I really lost what I was going to say. Freaking idiot! John Wick is known for its action, but the choreography, the gung fu, the really long takes the fight is just absolutely amazing. I think the club, the club scene really shows it right there, because this isn't like the Bourne series where, you know... All those series, jump cuts. All the the Bourne series is very famous for the jump cuts, and also extremely famous for the the kind of shaky cam. But uh, that it, there's a reason for that because it's a lot more personal, and because Jason Bourne's a lot faster. But I like this because it's a lot more. It's a wider cut, yeah, one shot, and you see everything, which I think you actually it, see the action. Unlike it's just like jumping, jumping, and then there's like extremely fast moment, and then in thirty seconds it's over. Yeah, which I, I really, I really like this far better instead. Yeah, and this kind of like set the point for a lot of action movies. A lot of people didn't realize how much uh, John Wick has revolutionized the action genre and really kind of revitalized it for a lot of parts because there really wasn't. This kind of action movies as we saw in like 80s and 90s in the modern day in the 2010s. Oh yeah, no, we haven't seen action like this since like the 80s and 90s. Uh, it's also, I think what it's revolutionized is, like I said, that shaky cam. Because ever since the Bourne series, I, every action movie, and mostly in terms of any action scene, for the longest time before John Wick had the tends to use the born the born series the born style the born style which is the very shaky cam very fast paced movements you don't really see a lot you don't really see a lot of the action yeah. getting taking place and actually seeing the actors or stunts or uh, doing the action themselves but John Wick really which is surprisingly I don't know why no one thought of this in the first place just take a really long shot of the fight which I don't understand why people didn't do that in the first place but yeah. John Wick did it and they did it amazingly the Jason Bourne franchise it had its starting point it revolutionized action movies after it and a lot of action movies try to copy its same formula and then now i feel like john wick is the 2.0 of that and john wick is now doing the same thing jason Bourne once did and setting its own stylistic tone john wick is very stylistic with its action no extremely it, it's like it's it like started this thing known as like gun fu it's almost like each scene is like a choreographed dance it's like a ballet which Especially in the third one, they allude to that. But, um, yeah, I think that club scene is, I would say, my favorite part in the first one. Easily. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that's probably one of my favorite parts. Actually, my favorite part is probably the fight scene in the church with the big Russian guy. Oh, the, um, <laughs> yeah. Also, this, um, before we get on to the second one, this also sets up a little bit of the lore that the second one does a lot better, is that if you kill in the Continental... Uh, or any of the hotels that the assassins are in, that is an automatic excommunicata. Two rules that cannot be broken, Jonathan. No blood on continental grounds, and every marker must be honored. Now, while my judgment comes in the form of excommunicado, the high table demand a more severe outcome of their tradition. Uh, you know, obviously ostracized from the um, 
assassin community and killed on spot. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the first film really set up this assassin uh, world and it really did it very well, a uh, very good job of world building in this where it set up just enough but not overloaded like a lot of movies do nowadays. They try to overload with the world building and there's, there's so much stuff and so much exposition, but I think this set it up so cool and so smooth. It's just like how the introduction of John Wick is. Like, you know how everyone seems to know him. You you already know the guy without really knowing the guy. Oh, yeah. No, it's like like I said, he's the boogeyman of the assassin world. Yeah. The, the pencil. The pencil. So, ending with the first one, I have, a, I have a kill count for the first John Wick, which is 77 kills. John Wick kills 77 people in this movie alone. And it, it definitely gets up there later up in the franchise. I even have a whole thing where it says um, how many kills at the end of each fight. Like in John's house, the fr- in that first scene, he kills 13 people. In the Red Circle uh, club scene, he kills 28 people. In the church uh, sequence, he kills 16. On the compound when he kills uh, the Russian kid, he killed his dog, it was 10. And then at the dock, it was 10, and then the total being 77. So, that was John Wick, 2014. Also, um, at the end, just saying before we get to the second one, John gets a new dog in the end of John Wick Chapter 1. Yeah. Which is everyone, which is famously dubbed as Dog Wick. Dog Wick, yeah. But Devin, you go on with the uh, your favorite. Yeah, I actually two. still think um, Chapter 2 is my favorite. Oh. Oh, we passed the 10 minute mark. We didn't do it. Oh, we didn't do it? We didn't do it. Alright, so with John Wick Chapter Dos, it kicks off right at the end of the first one. Literally, like, not even that long after the first one. I think, like, within a day. And so, we kick off, and just to skip to really the point, uh, John Wick goes back to get his car which we kind of we kind of forget about that he still has his car stolen and the russian mob still has it so he goes back and the the first opening sequence of this film is already like best uh better than most of the action sequences of the first one besides obviously the clubs and it's like you know okay if this is just the beginning of this movie we're we're gonna see how this one ends because it's, it's just they double the action in this one. So, yeah, he goes back to take his car back. And then it's the brother of the first Russian mobster that he killed in the first one. And he, it's kind of doing the similar thing to when his brother was on the car and he was describing John Wick. He's doing the same thing. John Wick is a man of focus. John Wick is a man of focus. So, ending with that, John Wick basically kills everyone, takes his car back, but actually leaves the Russian brother alive. I don't know if he's ever going to come back, but that was cool. And they always mention the pencil story. Always, always do. Yeah. I once saw him kill three men in a bar. 
with a bouncer. And then we are introduced to this new character, Santino D'Antonio. No one gets out and comes back without repercussions. Which is uh, some Italian uh, uh, criminal... Also, also, member of the high table. Also, yeah. Well, not yet. Not yet. This is where we get to the, the, the plot of the film. So, he comes to John, and he's basically saying uh, that John owes him for getting him out of his old criminal past. So, he, he you find out that he's the one who actually got John Wick out of the hitman lifestyle. And that's how he was able to live that five years, just a, as a normal guy with a wife, and then his wife dies. Anyway, so then he shows him that he has a marker, which is, uh, you put your, like... It's like a blood cl- blood contract. Ba- yeah, ba- a blood contract, a blood oath, basically saying that it, unless if you, if you don't do this for me, the Continental, you'll break the rules of the Continental and everyone will come after you. So John's like... Please find someone else. I don't. I don't want to do this. He just got back, <laughs> killing all the entire Russian family for his dog and car. Which the guy has serious kahunis to come back and ask for this. But he finds out Jong is apparently back in the game, but not really. So then John says no, and then Santino burns his house down. So now John's pissed, like really pissed. So then, it's kind of funny. John literally walks all the way to the Continental in New in uh, downtown New York, and then drops off his dog, and then uh, goes and meets with Ian McShane's character, who is the owner of the Continental, which you meet in the first one, and he's basically talking to him about it. And he's like, "Hey, if you just do this marker." You're done. Then you're finally free. Then you don't have to keep doing this anymore. You dishonor the mark, you die. You kill the hold of the mark, you die. You run, you die. This is what you agreed to, Jonathan. Do what the man asks. Be free. So John Wick kind of like comes to terms with it. So then he finds out where uh, Santino is and he goes to have talks with Santino. And as pissed as John Wick is, he just gets over it, and you know what, I'll do this job, and the job is, is that Santino's sister is a member of the high table, he wants John to kill a member of the high table, and so basically, so Santino can take his spot in the high table, and move up, basically being a, a, the board of assassins, basically, so, um, John's like, okay, and then they, he goes to Rome, and I think one of the coolest sequences in this movie is when he's uh, preparing for it. So he's like, he's getting his his suit sewn, and he's getting like a ballistic armor sewn to the suit. And he even has that cool line, uh, how would you like it sewn? Or how would you like the lining? Tactical. And what style? Italian. How many buttons? Two. Trousers. Tapered. How about the lining? So then we move into uh, the actual job where he's going to go kill Santino's sister. So they did a lot of setup for that, a lot of of preparation he had to go through. So then he goes and then he meets up with Santino's sister. She's about to take a little skinny dip into the pond. 
into her bath, and then she's like, you know what, this is my end, I want to go out my way, and then she cuts herself, and then she bleeds out in the pool, and then John's kind of like, I, I kind of need to double check, shoots her in the head, and then we're introduced a little bit earlier to one of the coolest characters in this, uh, <laughs> in this movie, Common. Yeah. I never knew a la 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 a la like this. Gotta be something for me to write this. Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decide to send it. Sign, seal, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's spin a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gonna saw them because I probably did it too. Which in this movie is Cassian, which is basically, um, Santino's sister's, um, bodyguard. Bodyguard, like head bodyguard. And he, like, even introduced, you're like, okay, this guy is going to really give John Wick a fight. So then he finds out John Wick is there and it's, it has a cool, like, interaction. Are you working again? Great, so. John? Cassian? You working? Yeah. You? Yeah. Good night. Afraid so. I'm sorry to hear that. And then they start shooting each other, and then that whole sequence begins. And that sequence is... Oh my god, a phenomenal. I think that is probably my favorite uh sequence in the movie is the cave. the the second club scene, but going into the cave. It basically is the second club scene cuz there's even like a party going yeah. upstairs and then he goes to the down. Oh my gosh. It's it has a lot of great gunplay with John with the rifle and then goes to pistol and shotgun, picking up weapons along the way. It's actually really cool. Uh oh, yeah. That whole, that, I think that might be my favorite sequence of gunfights in that movie is probably that sequence alone. I think that one alone had 65 confirmed kills in that one sequence. So that's more kills than any of the sequences in the first one. And already, like, a third... Uh, almost as much as the first as one as a whole. Almost as the first one as a whole, which is just crazy. And that whole sequence is awesome. So John's kind of like in that moment is um kind of on the run, and then you find out right at the end of that that whole sequence. They kind of like it's the end of that sequence, and he's he find you find out that Santino's gonna betray John, and <laughs> no strings. No, oh yeah, yeah, no no strings attached. Yeah, because if they the, find out, because if they find out if John that he hired, he got John to kill his sister to take the high table, then he's betraying the high table, and it's this whole thing. Yeah, and then uh, basically, Def Ruby Rose <laughs> is like, yeah, oh yeah, her her body, his bodyguard is Ruby Rose. Yeah, also, Santino's. and then Santino puts a hit out, not a uh, content like the excommunicado hit, but an official hit on John. I think it was uh, seven million dollars. Yeah, and with seven, and then I think it doubled to fourteen million later on. Order confirmed. Yeah, can everyone, you start seeing, this is where more of the world building comes to action, 
where like there's uh random strangers in New York who get the get the message on their phones. But right before that, you see one of oh. the like the longest fights and it's actually really funny and it's between uh, John Wick and Cassian, and which is just proves like like Cassian I think is like basically is equal in that way when it comes to combat. And they they duel it out. It's one of the coolest fights I think I've ever seen in action movies. It just it just keeps going on and on. And they even roll into the Continental where John was staying out in Rome. They can't do anything about it, so they so uh, John's like, it was bourbon or it was uh, gin, isn't it? And then Cassian's like, bourbon, right? Gin, wasn't it? Yes. Bourbon. Right. Yeah. So then they share a drink and they're basically just like taking a break from the from their fight. And then uh they eventually fight again later, which is another cool sequence. And also another thing going back just to show like how John Wick is just like this guy that's universally known as being the boogeyman is when he first goes to the Continental in Rome. And the same character plays the same character as Ian McShane's character. He's the owner of the hotel, and but like the the Italian version. And um, he asked him, he asked John just one question: "Are you here for the Pope?" But in Italian. In Italian. And then John's like, "No, I'm not." I was just like, if you, <laughs> you, they, he even thought for a second that he was here to kill the Pope, the Pope, just shows how, like, how universally known John Wick is being the boogeyman, and he can basically, when he wants to kill someone, he will kill someone, and that just makes this, that's a little, like, little tidbit that makes this, uh, his reputation even better. Yeah, I know, the way that his reputation is shown through this movie it's just like it kind of reminds me of, um, in obviously a different sense, but Hannibal Lecter, is how they always like, oh Hannibal Lecter, we got to keep that guy chained up. Like the way they set up his character made him so much more intimidating, and they kind of did a similar thing with John Wick, where the, just his interactions alone uh, made you establish his legendary status. So then, uh, moving on from the fight with uh, Common. But with Common, then you he's obviously got... Then it shows the... What is it? The, the telemarketers all, organizing all, a hit. They're organizing a hit because obviously Santino is part of the high table. Yeah. Uh, all these Seven different assassins. Dollars. But it's not... It's uh, it's different from Excommunicata because Excommunicata is basically uh, every assassin at once trying to kill you. But this is more of just an average hit that he just put on John Wick. Um, obviously people try to try, like, the, the really fat Asian dude, uh, the girl who's playing the violin. It just goes uh, through, like, different sequences of him going back and forth to these guys. And actually, there's a scene where he uses, I'm not a pencil, but I'm pretty sure he uses a pen to kill two guys. He actually uses a pencil. Oh, he does use a pencil? Well, they redo the pencil scene that everyone talks about. Uh, he does that. 
And then he basically is, he's on a hunt down to kill Santino. So oh, yeah. Can, now so he's gonna... really pissed. If you, he was pissed in the beginning when Santino had to burn his house down and is making him do this. Now Santino betrayed him, put a $7 million contract, and now John has to be on a run from pretty much every assassin in New York. And that also leads up, uh, after he gets done killing all these guys, then he fights Com- uh, Common, basically. Common. Cassian again 2.0 in the subway station, which is really funny. They get, they have like an exchange where they're just shooting from the side. It's almost it's like spy versus spy in a way. Yeah. And then uh, John gets the best of him, stabs him, and then but doesn't kill, kill him. him. He's the only one. I think the only one that he walks away with with John Wick having intent to kill. Yeah. Yeah. The blade is in your aorta. You pull it out, you will bleed, and you will die. This is the end of the line. Consider this a professional courtesy. And then um, they move on from that after the train sequence, and now John Wick is, like, out against Santino. So then he's still on the kind of the run from several other assassins, so then he runs at this hobo guy, and then John's like, I need to see the Bowery King. Tell him I'm here, and then he just drops one of the, you know, continental coins, which everybody is like an assassin, and um, moves on from there, and then the guy uh, hides John in like a trash bin, and then shoots the other two guys following him, and then takes him, and then you're introduced to the Bowery King. As I live and breathe, John Wick, the man, the myth. The legend. <laughs> You're not very good at retiring. Also, <laughs> Keanu Reeves' former partner, Lawrence Fishburne. Which is actually really funny that it's Lawrence Fishburne. I just think it's extremely clever. Uh, it also goes to probably one of my favorite lines is when they're discussing with John and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I forgot his name. The Bowery King gives John um, seven bullets. Yeah. He gives seven bullets and a gun, and uh, this also leads to million prob- dollars around, baby. It also leads to probably one of the best lines in the movie. Uh, somebody, please get, get this, this man, man a gun. Somebody, please get this man a gun. <laughs> and then um, he also, and this also leads to the um another club scene where he's hunting down Santino with only seven bullets. And it uh, actually leads to probably one of the, I think, really clever fight scenes because obviously John runs out of the bullets and he has to pick up guns along the way and uses oh, those. Yeah. And then the... Oh, it, so cool. And then it leads up to the really, really short fight with him and Ruby Rose. Oh, yeah. You know that mirror sequence took um so long to film? Oh, yeah, no, it took a long time. Actually, it, it took like several days. It took like a good portion of the, the shooting time for it time frame which was like 50 days something like that yeah it took a lot to film that sequence which is kind of weird i don't know why out of all the sequences and then yeah ruby rose gets you know screwed over i mean what could you expect, it, expect she, from that? she yeah. got she got killed off pretty easily yeah and then it um leads to john wick chasing down santino uh santino obviously gets the continental before john and then he, he gloats and saying you know all I can stay here wherever I can stay here as yeah, because it's as continental grounds. You can't you can't conduct any business on continental grounds. So he thinks he's all in the clear. He's like either he's having his dinner meal. And he's being like, oh my god, I want to shoot this guy in the face. And what does John do? Shoots him in the face. He shoots him in the face. 
Jonathan, have you seen the menu here? No two options. Jonathan, listen to me. A man can stay here a long time and never eat the same meal twice. Jonathan, just walk away. Yeah, Jonathan. Walk away. Because if there's one guy who can honestly get away with shooting a guy in the face in the Continental, it's John Wick. So now, John Wick broke the Continental rules. And he is excommunicata. What have you done, Jonathan? What have you done? Finished it. And which leads, actually, it actually leads up very well to John Wick Chapter 3. Oh my gosh, I think the ending of Chapter 2 was such a great cliffhanger, because it really, like, oh my gosh, I, at the, I remember the end of saying that for the first time, I was like, oh my god, I can't even matter, imagine what Chapter 3 is going to be like, and I think it definitely met the hype. So basically the end, uh, Ian McShane's character gives John, since, you know, he's, he's a friend of John, he gives John at least an hour to, you know, get a head start from everybody. Not only the contract he still has, which I don't know if it's still eligible because Tino's dead, but also everyone that's associated with the Continental... Is after him. Yeah, because he's he ex- a- excommunicado. And he still has that 14 million bounty on him. Yeah. So whoever gets to kill him gets that cash bonus. Yeah. But this also leads up to, um, uh, this leads up very well to the third one. Uh, it starts off with John going through New York, counting on the time, and then he's just running through, and then obviously all these people are assassins, and he uh, goes to the library to uh, to get a rosary, uh, one of those blood contracts, and a photo of his wife. Yeah. And when getting all that stuff, uh, the big giant dude comes in, and he says, like, and it leads up to this really cool beginning of the fight. It leads up to a really great uh, beginning. Where, you know, John's going up against this guy who's, like, a, he's, like, almost, he's, like, six foot five. Yeah, huge. he's a 76ers player. And he's, like... Actually, I found that out afterwards. Really? Yeah. Oh, like, he's huge. Obviously taller and stronger than John. But John, you know, John Wick. It's John Wick. He kills him. Uh, then, obviously, it leads up to this... With a uh, book. Yeah, with the book. Uh, he gets the rosary and stuff and is running out. Uh, it leads up to this really huge, great knife fight. Uh, probably... Oh my gosh, I feel really bad for Clint, because yeah, he pee. went to the bathroom, but it was like, the coolest knife throwing contest I've ever seen in a movie, like, I, I don't know what could possibly talk, that was so, so cool, I'm so sorry Clint, that you missed that in the theater, I really had the pee, he had a tinkle, but uh, after that, it leads up to John going back to uh, where he grew up, actually, in a, um, yeah. Oh, it's like a a Russian um Basically, you know it's you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the thing in Age of Ultron, the, oh, the, red the school, room. the red room for Black Widow, because they even have the ballet and yep. everything. So it's basically where John learned his skills. I don't know all of his skills, but basically where he grew up because he was an orphan. He was an orphan and every single one who's at that uh orphanage and uh has the same tattoo that John has on his back. Yeah. And it leads up to uh, John talking with the headmistress and saying, like, oh, you know, you owe me this because I'm here, and so you owe me passage. Yeah. And uh, John gets a passage all the way to the Middle East, where he meets up with an old friend. Sophia, we're not going in like the old days. Just a conversation. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool, actually. 
where it brought in uh, another star, Halle Berry. But she was actually really... Halle Berry's had, for me personally, I think Halle Berry's had this really huge dry spell. Uh, she's had a really rough couple, like, honestly, I'd say the really rough decade. But this, she was really, really good in this. Yeah, I and, really liked her character, too. Yeah, and even um, it showed emotion, too, because, you know, John was just saying, like, you owe me one. Like, I, I got your... Uh, I hid your daughter away. So you you owe me one on this. Is that what um, it was? Yeah, that's what it was. Because John uh, hid her daughter away, and then um, he because you know obviously she's a huge assa- she's a huge assassin assassin, and uh, John got her daughter out of it. So no one knows where she is. Even she doesn't know where she is. Yeah. That's why John says like, "Do you want to know where she is?" And she's like, "No." Even though I really want to, the minute I bring her into the game, the people that want to hurt me are going to get to her. Yeah. That's when we pick up with Revenge of the Dogs. Oh, Revenge of the Dogs. Yeah. That was such a cool scene. If you're sad about the dog dying in the first movie, th- I think this will get definitely definite redemption for you. Oh. that whole sequence. I think this might be... I think this actually is probably the best sequence in the entire movie, which it's... It's actually mostly Halle Berry, not John Wick. They go to this... Uh, they go to this guy yeah. in the Middle East. And the dogs, too. Oh, and, and the dogs, too. They uh, go to this guy in the Middle East, and uh, he basically gives John information that um, in order to meet the man above the high table, he needs to walk. Uh, he needs to walk in the middle of the desert until he can't anymore. And if he wants to, and if the man above the high table wants to meet him, he'll meet him. And uh, after learning this information, uh, the guy wants one of Halle Berry's dogs. And Halle Berry says, oh, no, you don't get my dogs. Yeah. And because of that, the guy shoots the dog, and the, the, the dog has a bulletproof vest on. It's so kind of funny. Fine. It's kind of funny. John's reaction is like, I, I know. I, I, know. Un- I understand. And, I've um, been through that. And um, Halle Berry orders the dog to <laughs> bite the guy in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so many cool sequences with the dogs. Yeah, I would say Halle Berry and the dogs really steal that steal that scene oh no they 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 did so many really cool sequences with Halle Berry ordering the dogs to get so she can get a better advantage with the gun there's a scene that really impressed me where there was a guy and he had a he had a the high ground he had he he was on top of the roof and he was shooting above and Halle Berry uh, got one of her dogs to he she lifted one of the dogs obviously from jumping off her back oh yeah the dog got him from above yeah and then um after leading from that the uh obviously the huge desert scene where uh, Halle Berry, uh, he, John gives her because she's finished her blood contract. And then um, John walks through the desert for however long until he collapses. Yeah. And then the man above the high table and his people uh, find him. Well, yeah, because the guy, why they were there in the first place. I mean, obviously you've seen this, so we're just breaking it down. But uh, the guy said um, that you would meet the high, the... Was it the leader of the high table, or I'd, was it I'm one of the? I'm almost sure it was the man above the high table. Because... I don't know. I don't remember if because uh, I was reading somewhere that he wasn't. He was just a part of the high table. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, so it basically gives John an ultimatum: you either die now, or you can live the rest of your life, but you have to work for us. Yeah, you will be the boogeyman for the rest of your life. And the, um, the, uh, John, he, he asked John why he's doing all of this. And John says, so he can remember her. Yeah. So he can remember his wife. Cause he's doing this to, he's, 
The reason why his his reason for living is so that he can remember the love he had with his wife. Yeah, which is very heart touching and is really the core of the movie. I do is like the that because you weren't really sure. You obviously understood his motivation in the first one, which I think has his strongest motivation. In the second one, you do understand because he's just trying to get back. He's just trying to do this, get done, and then he just gets caught up in the mix of things. And in this one, I was like, oh, okay, is he just gonna be on the run? Like, I'm glad that they they showed. Is what his real like motivation was for living because he honestly lost everything and if you were at that point it's kind of but um and then obviously uh the, the the thing that the man above the high table wants John to do is actually to uh kill the um the manager of the Continental uh what's his name again I forgot uh Ian McShane or yeah, Winston Ian, I mean his Winston. name's Winston in the movie I should it's, probably call him as Winston Winston is to kill Winston which is probably John's only friend in the whole entire movie yeah. and um besides the hotel manager besides the hotel which his name is just hotel manager how good to see you again so soon Mr. Week besides the hotel manager and obviously at this at the same time there is a uh while John's doing all of this a lady a representative for the high table which is basically yeah, a judge gonna, yeah. She goes around and uh, she goes up to Winston and says, "You helped John Wick. You have a week. You have a week to get your things in preparation. Then you got to leave. Get out of here." Yeah, it's kind of like the side plot. She's in the in the meantime of like uh, John in the desert with Halle Berry uh, is the adjudicator yeah. for the high table, who's going around and basically basically putting up a case for uh, John Wick, which I kind of. I will say this. I didn't really like this that much. I just thought she was kind of like annoying. Yeah, no, she was. Film. She was kind of annoying, but yeah. she sets up like it. Well, one important detail. She sets up a really important detail, which is uh, obviously she gives um, Winston a week to get his prep because he gets time because he gave John Wick time. Uh, she goes to uh, John Wick's uh, orphan mistress when he was a kid who let him get passage. And uh, she stabs her in the hands because she had helping hands. And then um, she goes to Lauren Fishburne, the Bowery King. And, uh, well, wait, before that, she goes to, um, what's his name? The random bald Asian uh, guy. Oh, I don't, even, guy who, I don't even remember his name. He he doesn't have a name. He I just, what's his actor's name? Because he basically wants to be John Wick. That's his entire thing. He wants to be John yeah, Wick. Yeah, he was like really big fanboy John Wick. Oh, his name, his name was Zero. 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 And uh, she goes up to uh, this random sushi shop, and she's talking to him, and because everyone in New York is an assassin. And she uh, yeah. she has a blood contract that, obviously, she did for him, probably to get him out of the game because he's a sushi shop owner. And uh, it leads up to this um, fight scene within the hobo headquarters where all, all of Zero's guys... Is, I am the Bowery King! I am the, I am the throne. He's not a king. He's the throne. He's the throne. And um, she gives Lawrence Fishburne uh, seven cuts because she gave John seven because he gave John seven bullets. Seven rounds, seven million dollars gets you seven rounds. That's a million dollars a round, baby. Then it goes to John going back to New York, trying to get, trying to go up to Winston to kill him, and then ob- it leads up to this really, really great motorcycle scene. Between oh, all yeah. of Zero's guys and um, John. And, and with the katanas, too. It's really cool. So it's the scene that you kind of saw in the trailers. And uh, it leads up to this great motor- motorcycle fight sequence. And then uh, Zero and John. John makes it to the Continental. And then Zero's just basically saying, like, I'm a really huge fan. 
And oh, so yeah. far, you haven't disappointed. He's basically fanboying over John. Yeah. And then uh, John goes up to Winston, and then... Um, I'm still unsure if I like that. I don't think I do. I don't like the fanboy stuff. On the fanboy stuff, I don't mind that. I'm talking about John's really. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I I think this is what one of my my probably my biggest problem with the film, besides with the uh going into the high table and that kind of sequence, kind of like took me out of the movie for a bit. It was like kind of my pee break. But uh, my probably my biggest disappointment was the they kind of went back and forth with John's motivation because. You kind of establish that he's doing this to live with his life, but then he he accepts the high table and to live the his rest of his life as the boogeyman, which I thought he was just doing that just to do it, just so he can get out of there and then obviously turn on them, but apparently I guess he was actually meaning that. So then he goes there to kill Winston, and then Winston obviously talks him out of it, and then he's like, you know what, whatever, we'll team up and... Yeah, I, I don't know. That was just He kind of changed way too quickly. He, he changed really quick. And honestly, I think he should have just, like, stuck to where he was just tricking the high table to go back just so he can get out of the desert and assume that he's working for him so that he could save him, McShane, which he ends up doing anyway. But, yeah, I think that kind of messed with Wick's motivation, which which was kind of annoying, especially since you just established it. Yeah. But it does lead up to a really cool... It leads up to the really... I like it, but I don't like it as much because it's the um, sequence where John and uh, the uh, manager, they're, um, they are loading up to fight all of these uh, all these guys, the high table sending, and these guys are all armored out, like bulletproof everything. And oh, the only yeah. and the only way they can kill him is through like you know the where the neck is exposed between the shirt and the they helmet. Very very few weak points. And it has um, John and the hotel manager, the concierge, the concierge going up trying to uh, kill him. And it goes through some pretty creative kills, and I liked. But then it goes back to the room, and the, obviously the uh, concierge and um, John are all tired out. And John's like, "Do you got anything that's bulletproof?" And he the the slugs, and they get the shotgun. Oh my god, the shotguns. The shotguns are really cool, and then after the fighting scenes with uh with all of the um armored guys from the high table, John goes up to the uh, place where Winston and John were talking, which is obviously it's actually a, I think an allusion to the um second one because it's a a room filled with mirrors, filled with mirrors and windows, and John has these really cool fight scenes with um uh with Zero's apprentices. Especially with two, uh, with two of them at the end before you fight Zero. Yeah. And John kind of has to, kind of has to think because he doesn't have a gun, uh, and he can't get to any weapon, and he has to like, um, he has to like substitute between things because these guys have knives, yeah. and it's either John blocking the knives or getting kicked. Yeah. So that's why it always leads to John. If you watch the movie, then you think, man, John's really kind of getting his ass kicked in this film. No, it's because John's blocking other hits that would which fatally wound him. So John's kind of have to. Oh, his to, fighting style. Yeah, yeah, the way that he he basically like okay, if I'm gonna take this hit, then uh, you know protect your vitals. Yeah. More, most importantly, and that's what he was doing. And uh, at, so at a certain point, John's getting tired of it. These guys have knives, and he has nothing. And it's I I just love it. John whips out the belt to whip both of them, and he does. These really cool sequences where he gets, you know, the uh, the hands, he gets both of their hands like included in the belt, and he stucks them together, and he's just kicking their asses, man, and it's great. 
it's just such a it's a really great sequence of like um two it's like two experienced ninjas going up against a master ninja yeah basically and uh this also leads up to which i don't think it's as good because john would kind of kicks his john would really kicks his ass with uh with zero Oh it's yeah, it's almost it's almost like it's like it, like zero kind of has the upper hand at the beginning, but then but he really then you really he, then he really loses it. He yeah. really loses it. It's uh, it's more or less kind of like it's not as I I think this is probably my least favorite one between out of the Russian guy from the first film and then Common in the second, because in this one, John has the upper hand throughout the most of the fight, and Zero is just kind of clinging and fighting back. I mean, he has some good moves, but in the end, John. John wins, and uh, you know, you know, Zero is like all he has a sword through his heart and his chest, and he's like, "I'll catch up later." And then John's just like, "No, you won't." And then Zero kind of just like dies. And then, oh yeah. And then John meets up with uh, with Winston and the uh, what's her name again? The Justicator. She's just called the Justicator. The Justicator, and uh, she meet he meets up with them on the roof, and Winston and her are talking, and uh, she's saying, you know, we can do this all day. I can bring him more waves, and Winston was like, yeah, you can, but I have an army, and it's called New York, and uh, she figures out that the only reason why Winston did this is to prove his power and his right to still be manager at the at yeah. the um at the Continental. But we all knew, and the audience knew that Winston knew that Wood could survive that. Oh no! And then obviously yeah. Winston just shoots John, and then he falls off a roof, and uh, it leads to Dogwick leaving the the hotel, and then John's gone. The Justicator and uh, Winston have a conversation where uh, she's basically saying, "You know, if John's gone, then like he's gonna come after both of us, and we're both gonna be dead." And that's where it leads to uh, Winston saying "Baba ya- Baba Yaga," which yeah. is boogeyman. Yeah. And uh, it leads up to this really great scene where uh, Lawrence Fishburne, surprisingly, still yeah, yeah al- we all thought he was dead at this moment. He's still al- he's still alive, and he's talking to John, saying that uh, that he's pissed and saying that the I'm high- pretty pissed, aren't you? They may be the high table, but all the business is down under the table. I really like that line. Yeah, and then it basically leads up. It, it gives this really great setup. To surprisingly, setting up chapter four, where where <laughs> even more is that. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves are teaming up again to fight a bigger, much bigger, deadlier force. Yeah. Which is basically the Matrix sequel you all, everyone wanted. Oh, yeah. Finally. Finally, Morbius and Neo coming back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm really happy about it. So, that was a very long breakdown. <laughs> Definitely broke our 10 minutes, but we basically went over all three movies. So, now moving on to that, we are going to name one squabble. You have for the John Wick franchise, and that could be absolutely anything, whether that uh, character, plot point, particular scene. So, Clint, I want to hear your opinion on this. What's your, what is your biggest squabble with the Wick franchise as a whole? Like, uh, if you had to pick one thing, it'd be from a specific movie. It doesn't even have to mean. I think my part. I think it's actually. I think my part has to probably be zero. Throughout in uh, John Wick Chapter Three, which I thought he was cool, but I thought he was going to be like really overpowered. Yeah. But it ended up kind of being this really like almost underwhelming fight. 
it, it wasn't as um, it was really cool, but not as cool as we anticipated. Yeah, it's it's wasn't as cool as the I expected something because I think the the fight between Common and John Wick is probably oh, the best fight, yeah. the best one on one fight in one the series. One v one. And um, I was thinking, oh, okay, this has to pass it up. And it, it actually, it's probably the lowest on my list because it's not as, it's also not as good as the fight with John Wick and the random Russian guy in the church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's at least for my personal opinion. So I'm just kind of like, it's, it's, it's not really much of a squabble. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm disappointed in yeah. the result. All right. That's fair. Uh, I think mine is really just, I think I love the expansion of the lore in the first and second one, but I think three, it did way too much. Now I feel like every person in New York and is, is an assassin. And oh, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know. The believable factors is at the range of a, it almost feels comic booky, but I mean, I mean, John Wick is supposed to be very stylistic in that way, but I feel like we, okay. You can't expect me to believe that when at the end of John Wick chapter two, spoiler, I mean, obviously this whole thing is a spoiler, but, uh, at the end of chapter two, when Winston is get, is talking to John, telling me he has one hour, and then he's like, like basically a snap of his fingers, and everyone in that park that they're at turns around. That's when it kind of first started to stretch that believable factor, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of annoyed of everybody being an assassin. Oh, and then there's I know they're know. trying to make the stakes really high, and the stakes are high, but I feel like if they can tone it down a little bit, because I think I liked how it was in the first. Two, oh no! It, it was. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty believable. It's prevalent, but it's not overpowering. But even in the third one, there's a scene where John gets back to New York, and um, John kills one of Zero's uh, uh, apprentices. And it's in the middle of a subway area. It's crowded with people, families, and kids alike. Yeah. And John like kills this guy in front of everyone, and there's no reaction from the crowd. No screaming. No like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. No running. No screaming. It's just like, oh, dead. Okay. Oh yeah, and I, everyone goes with. I, I just feel like there's just like a seven year old kid with like one of those uh, helicopter hats on, and he just pulls Not out, a <laughs> pulls out a, a blade and like a nine millimeter and starts shooting John. It just it, it got too expanded to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. everyone's get it. an assassin. Everyone's and, an assassin. Yeah, and I do like that it's expanded, but I think they could tone it down a bit. But other than that, there's really no bad things about John Wick. I think besides. The Mission Impossible franchise, I dude, what what comes close to that in terms of strictly action movies? Oh, it's this. this. Yeah, I think this and Mission Impossible are like the action franchises right now, way more than Fast and Furious. Don't don't argue that, son. Just don't. So uh, now moving on, we're gonna discuss our favorite kill of the franchise. Do you know yours? I know mine. I could say mine if you don't want to say it. You, you say yours. You say All right. Yours. My favorite kill is going back to Chapter 2, obviously. And it's basically going on with the legend with the pencil. My favorite kill is easily when he when he's on the run from the, all, all those assassins getting the contract and the two guys. And then he just picks up a pencil and then kills one guy with it and then puts it on the wall and then smashes his head on the pencil. I thought that was a cool... Like allusion to what the the fight with the pencil might have been. That was Clint sneezing. Sorry, he is done now. And yeah, that was easily my favorite kill. There's and that's saying a lot because he has so many kills. And the third one I think might have had the best, but that was just that was just always has been my favorite. 
I think actually mine is probably the opening for John Wick when he's finding the really 76ers guy because I, it's just such a, I think it's such a really weird fight for John because obviously he's, he doesn't have reach, doesn't have the power, and the guy's much bigger and stronger than him. And at least, and John doesn't have a gun too. He only has books, so it leads for a really, really great creative kill. Yeah, which I he which he does with the book, and oh, I, he I just, just like love slams it. Slams into his jaw, and, and then like, just keeps like hitting it. Oh, dude, that was so cool. It was really cool. So yeah, our favorite kills. And uh, if you want, guys, tell us your favorite kill. Uh, just DM DM us your favorite kill and why that's your favorite kill. Yeah, little little cool tidbit. For John Wick. Anyway, so now we're going to move on to our ranter question for this episode. And you can only give one reason. So the question is, why is the John Wick franchise so great? Why is it great? For me... Why uh, is it so great? Why, why am I... Usually, I think a lot of people would say for the action. Actually, I think it's because of Keanu Reeves himself. You think? Yeah, no, I think Keanu Reeves himself really makes... Well, I mean, it's obviously just not that, but uh, you know Keanu Reeves. He's had um, a pretty uh, pretty tough spell. Like, actually, like uh, like uh, Halle Berry. Uh, he hasn't really gotten the name for himself besides um, after The Matrix. You know, he's... Everyone... He really hasn't been that big. Actually, really not big at all since The Matrix franchise. But, you know, he's been in other stuff. Like, you know, he was John Constantine. He was uh He's speed. been in bare, yeah, minor roles. Point Break, but uh, John Wick was his really was his his comeback. Yeah, and uh, possibly probably what you've said, Devin, is that probably better role than he was as Neo. Oh yeah, I think John Wick is his best role, hands down. But he and obviously Keanu Reeves carries. He has he's the most charismatic, and you care about him as much as as the main character. And I think he's probably one of the best protagonists, probably of the decade. Uh, and yeah, I, I definitely would put him up there because it's just so cool. Because he's like, he's like an action superstar as Rambo. Honestly, I think he's gone. He's gone to that level where he's as popular as Rambo. Oh yeah, no, he's the modern. He's our modern day action action star. Yeah, and I love that. I'm glad that this franchise is far from dead, and I love how it's allusions to the 80s and 90s action movies, which is just one of my favorite like genres so yeah I, it's really hard to say a bigger character who's bigger than john in this decade yeah in terms of action in, in terms of action, action star, star yeah, that, yeah i think he definitely has the top spot besides maybe ethan hunt yeah from mission impossible but i think john wick is more recognizable i don't know so yeah mine would probably I think it's because there's obviously many reasons, but if I said the number one reason is the most obvious reason, and the reason why we go see John Wick movies and why we get excited for John Wick movies is because of the action. The way it's revolutionized action movies as a whole is just amazing. That we we took a, we stepped we stepped away from those. Very clunky jump shots where we could barely see the actions and the fight's like less than two minutes. But we got those full wide shots where you see every bit of the action. It's fully choreographed. It's creative. It's stylistic. And it's memorable. And that's what 
I, I, it's just it's so amazing, and it's really hard to compare the, these action sequences with other movies because there's really nothing like it. There's really nothing that's come close to how choreographed it is, and I think even Chapter Three, hundred percent demonstrated that it's just like it's like oh my god, this action is like god tier. Like how could you possibly get to that level? And it's just cool. It's like it's so so good. It is like a ballet. It's yeah, like no, it one is. long choreographed dance, except you kill each other. Yep, and there's no applause at the end. There's no Only applause. Blood. Only blood, yeah. That is probably the best part about the franchise is how uh, well choreographed and how great the action is. Yeah. And it, it, it's just, it's probably some of the greatest, like, like we said before, it's probably the greatest action of the decade, probably besides Mission Impossible, which never just, it just doesn't let you rest. It just keeps on coming and coming and coming. Yeah. And besides the Purge franchise, they oh. ne- yeah they never cease to let us down. They never cease to let us down, except every single time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I it's like even going back to what you said. I think another what your best thing about it is just like Keanu Reeves' commitment to this role. Like he is, his cards are all in, his chips are all in, and not only is he doing like obviously all the stunt work and everything, but he just seems so sold in his character he's putting so much time and effort and it's sometimes you don't always see that a lot now sometimes it's just the actor just takes the paycheck and he just does phones what it, it in. phones it in and then once he's done he's done and then goes on to the next one he or she or whatever um so yeah i think that john wick is it's hit its legendary status and once it once we get to that fourth movie yeah that's yeah, a, that's a franchise but I will say this: I think the movie does the series needs to end after the fourth one. I don't know if yeah. I want a fifth wick. No, yeah, I think I was I was like saying I think it's good to end on three, but the chapter three actually made me want a four. And they are going to be doing uh, a limited uh, TV series based on the Continental. I think it's called the Continental. John's not going to be in it. I think he's going to make a cameo, maybe, but. That's cool. They they can do their own thing and make more hitmen like him. But that's actually really cool. All right. So here's a little fun little segment with John Wick. Is uh, we have five fun facts about the Baba Yaga. You know they should make a children's book for John Wick. What the, ba- the Tales of the Baba Yaga? Tales of the Baba Yaga. Young kills for kids. Yeah, I would love to read that to uh, my one two kids. I would love at to work. Read. That would be very. That'd be very. That'd be very cool. I think they would be very interested. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll read the first one. You can read the next one. Um, Keanu Reeves' preparation for the role, as you would know, uh, included weapons and martial arts training, but for up to eight hours per day for four months. Uh, for four months straight, and that was just for the first one. He's de- he's even gone further than that with the last two. And I mean, think about it. Keanu Reeves is in his 50s now. Oh, yeah. No, he's old. He's in his 50s. He's like, I think he's like, it's just funny. We keep comparing it to the Mission Impossible. But he's like how Tom Cruise just keeps on going. And it's it's so cool to see Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves getting to that level where they're like, they're doing, they're doing all the training for it. And I want you guys to look up of uh, Keanu Reeves at, um, when he's doing his uh, weapons training. When he was, um, because I watched a video of him at a shooting range, I think he was shooting an AR, and dude, he's actually a phenomenal shot. 
And, and it's so cool to see, like, he literally is kind of like almost a real-life version of John Wick. And to a very limited extent, but it's so cool. He's actually a really good shot. And even Hall- Halle Berry did very similar training. I even saw her shooting range clip. So, yeah, that was cool. You move on to the next one. Sir. Oh, also, uh, before that, uh, Keanu Reeves also does, like um, like uh, Tom Cruise, he does most of his stunts. Tom Cruise does all of his stunts, but Keanu Reeves does 90% of his stunts. Uh, actually, I saw an interview with he, him and um, uh, Colbert where uh, John's uh, explaining that he does most of his stunts, but when John Wick gets hit by the car, that's his stunt double. He doesn't do any of the yeah. very life-threatening stuff. His yeah. stunt double does that. Yeah. But for the second one... Keanu Reeves actually gets actually gets shot in this movie. Oh, no, several times. Oh, yeah. And he actually has a bulletproof uh, suit. Skin. Like Keanu him. Reeves is bulletproof. Like Hitman. Alrighty then. The, also, okay, second one. The tattoo shown on John Wick's back during the shower scene is Latin phrase for Fortis Fortuna and Avidiv. I'm dyslexic. I it's really hard to read that. It's, yeah. Latin, it's a Latin phrase that's on his back. And uh, it means, what does it mean, Clint? Fortune favors the bold. This is used as a model for several military units over the world. Oh, yeah. And funny enough, John Alwick also uses his uh, his watch tactical-wise, which is also military standard. So it kinda, That's how I wear it. It also kind of alludes that, that uh, John Wick might have been in the military before becoming a hitman. Yeah. I like that little nice touch, because you really see that in um, the first John Wick when he's uh, snapping the neck in the sink. Oh yeah, and then you see the the upside down watch. Yeah, I like that. That's a little neat touch, and I love the small details in this in these movies. Uh, paying homage to Keanu Reeves saying saying "whoa" in movies. Many of the movie characters say "oh" in a similar way whenever John Wick's name is mentioned. Because he stole John Wick's car, sir, and uh, killed his dog. However, the directors derivatively avoid having Keanu Reeves' character saying it, which is really funny. Obviously, Keanu Reeves has a... He first made this in uh, Bill and Ted's Amazing Adventure. Yeah. It's actually funny enough. It also says it in the Matrix franchise, also. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, and then in, in the John Wick movies, it's like, um, you know, in the first one in the Russian monster, he's, he's like, well, yeah, sir, but he killed John Wick's dog. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he just mm. saying so. That's one of the funniest parts. Uh, also, here's another fun fact. During the filming of the infamous nightclub scene in the original film, Reeves had the flu and actually had a 104-degree fever, but he... He refused to even take breaks to even just, like, catch his breath, which is just cool. so cool. And especially seeing how the nightclub scene goes out, it's just, like, that's, that's kind of commitment. Tough. That's no, it's, commitment. It's, no, it's commitment, and it's extremely tough. I didn't even know he went through all that. Yeah. And, he, yeah, he refused to sit down even for a second. So, yeah. Um, also, the initial idea for John Wick was to star... Uh, was to star an actor who is well into his 60s, so he's pretty aged. And given the fact that the character has a fabled reputation, the filmmakers thought that the character should be an older actor, which like over 60s. But Basil Iwanek, 
you know, it's a name, I can't say it, the head of Thunder Road Pictures decided instead to look for someone who is not so old, but has a seasoned experience in the film industry, and obviously that being Keanu Reeves. Which is, was a great choice. Oh my god. I, honestly, it's come to a point where I can't really see anyone else be, but Keanu. I can't see anyone as John Wick. Oh no, that's his character. But uh, funny enough, actually me and Devin were talking about this uh there was a, a really, really bad Netflix uh, ripoff oh movie my God. called um called Polar, which is basically the same idea, but with uh, John Wick has like inspired so many ripoffs. Like even remember uh, Hotel Artemis. Oh my God, that it was, was really the ripoff bad. Co- uh, Continental. Which even after seeing Chapter Three, they they. It's like they were like they knew the script of Chapter Three, and they're like, "Oh my God, we can use that. We can use this." But that movie was also really bad. It was like we for the longest time I thought it was like a spinoff, yeah. but it ended up not. It wasn't a spinoff, and it was just really it just just bad. Yeah, there's been a lot of like uh, Wanna- copycats. Of- there's wannabe wicks. Wannabe wicks. There's been a lot of wannabe wicks, which I don't blame them. But if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it right. You can only do Wick it has that formula. So coming to an end, what do we expect for John Wick? Chapter four. What do we expect, Clint? What do we expect? Hopefully, what do we want? Uh, what do well, we need? Well, ho- well, I love that <sighs> Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne and Counter Reeves are teaming up. But uh, hopefully, it'll uh, they'll finally um, wrap this whole thing up. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm hoping for is that they wrap the story up in a nice, neat package, which might be a little bit more. Might I hope. Hopefully, it's not too much to ask for. And after this. I really hope they... I, I don't mind spinoffs. I don't mind TV series, but I just want the main story. I just want the main story of John Wick to be done after this point. Besides the limited time series, I think they're going to be wrapping up John Wick's side of the story. I think in Chapter 4, I think a lot of ret- returning characters will come. I mean, we saw, obviously, Ian Mich- McShane and uh, I think it's Lance Riddick, who plays the hotel manager... Uh, was in the third one, but I think they'll obviously return. But also Aurelio, the guy who is um, who's also uh, John Leguizmo. Leguizmo, he's a comedian. He's in a lot of things. Voices sit in Ice Age, obviously. <laughs> they left without me. They do this every year. Why doesn't anyone love me? Uh, I think he'll return. Pretty much who survived the first two Wick movies, I think, will return. So, obviously, Common. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking, honestly, too. Which, honestly, would be really cool if they team up. Which, I think, that would most likely happen again. I don't I, think they would fight again. I think they would team up. That'd be re- No, it'd be really cool if they teamed up again. So, yeah, I, I think... they teamed up. Chapter 4 is, like, if we thought Chapter 3 was, like, gonna end it all and be this huge finale, Chapter 4, man... No, I really, I think, I think chapter four, which is already scheduled to release in twenty twenty one, which is two years from now, and the same month too. Yeah. So, uh, I really, I really hope that they, uh, I think they'll do really well with it, but uh, I think I really hope if they, I hope package it all nicely. I know. Up to the close of the book. Wrap it up and not be tempted to open it back. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. But you know, like you know, like how John Wick it. hit his weapons and like cemented it over with. Yeah, that's yeah, I how want... I want uh, th- uh, Thunder Road Pictures and Lion Gate uh, to end it off. To end it off, seal it. Don't look back. Leave it perfect how it is. 
So we got too many franchises that's been touched with and that ruined. Make, that make really bad sequels. Oh my god, and reboots. Yep. So yeah, that was John Wick. Yep, that's the movie. But not only John Wick, Clint. What was this again? This was a Lone Gunman Takeover. Lone Gunman Takeover. And funny enough, this will be the same for the next episode as well. Yeah. With, with a possible guest. With po- which yeah, is classified which at is the very, moment. Which is very classified. Uh, you, if you know us on Instagram, on Phantom Rant Instagram, at Phantom Rant, uh, you you should know a hint what next episode should be, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. But um, uh, expect uh, all the boys to come back together in not the next episode, but the episode after that. So, so far you're going to be with... So the original four Avengers will, will come back. Will come back in yeah. June. Once, um, you know, Rambo delivers Ryan back to us and, you know, Jack. And, and Jack. Jack has a life. Yeah. Jack could be the Bobby Yaga. Jack could be the Bobby. He's got the Yaga. hair for it. He's got actually, the Reeves hair. He actually does have the Reeves hair for it. Yeah. Huh. Wait. You don't think? No. No. It can't no, be. It's too perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, keep tabs on Jack. We'll keep tabs yeah, on Jack. Yeah. All right. All right. So that was John Wick. And as always, send feedback. Please.